Hello everyone, welcome to the Bootstrap Founder Podcast. My name is Avid Ka, and I talk about how you can start, run, and sell the bootstrap business. This episode is called When You Reach Your Limits, Growing a Company Beyond the Founders. Let's get started. If you're coming from a professional background in a salaried position, the chances are that you've never hired anyone before. And even if you have, hiring someone for your own business will be a daunting task. It certainly was for me. Thought I could manage all that work by myself just fine, so why bother hiring? But I limited myself by doing things that kept me from doing more meaningful work. I was spreading myself too thin, trying to multitask when each task would have deserved my full attention. So, sure, it's great to help customers through live chat, but should I not have spent the time fixing the very issues that they complained about? Could someone else not have a friendly conversation? Show them a link to the article in the knowledge base where all those steps were laid out. Most importantly, did it really need to be me? Those were the kind of thoughts that I had at some point. So today we're going to talk about the mistakes I made when I thought I didn't need to hire. My first mistake was to think that it would only be reasonable to hire when there would be enough work for a full-time position. To this day, I do not know why I didn't think of hiring somebody part-time. But to me, a job was a full-time endeavor. Or nothing. This resulted in a very strange scenario. I never felt it would be enough work for a hire because not only could I do it myself, but I would also fit other things into my workday. So the fact that I worked 12 hours or more every day of the week didn't seem to have registered in my entrepreneurial brain. All I saw was that I could do it and do other things at the same time, so didn't even warrant a real full job. Hiring someone could have saved me countless of hours of work every single day, freeing my mind from focusing on the mundane parts of the business at all times. Sometimes, in between customer service chats, I would get a glimpse of what that life could be. I just shrugged it off, but I should have acted on that initial feeling and hired somebody to help me. When At Feedback Panda, we had a lot of customer service conversations um, that were just spread out through the day. Didn't have a lot of them in general. I had like 20 conversations a day, max. That was, uh, the average was around 15 or something. So sometimes there was 20, sometimes maybe, okay, 30 on a day where we released something and something broke. Well, that would have been my fault too. But let's just say somewhere between 15 and 20 conversations. So in a workday where we would be awake for, like, let's say, 18-ish hours, that would be one conversation an hour, max. But you never knew when they would actually come up. So trying to work on something meaningful in the meantime was very complicated because you could be interrupted at all times. So that um, sometimes was something that I could actually do. So somebody would talk to me in the early morning and then nobody would talk to me until late afternoon. And these couple hours, every couple days, maybe every couple weeks, they were amazing for a developer like me. All of a sudden I could focus on my work. All of a sudden I could build up these things in my mind that I would need to do as the technical co-founder of a business to be able to meaningfully improve the product. But most days, I would have somebody reach out to me, I would start working on something else, and then half an hour later or an hour later, there was another problem, and I would need to completely withdraw from my programming work and get into customer service mode and drop all those things that I already had on my mind at at this point. If you're a developer, you'll understand how long it takes you to get into this kind of abstraction world where you build 
the software in your mind so you can then manipulate it on your computer. And even if you're not a developer, you understand how complicated it is to work on a complex problem. And software is a complex problem. So I didn't often get those kind of moments, particularly towards the end of the business or like the last half year, the last six months before we actually got acquired. And when I saw those opportunities, I just took them, but I never reflected on the fact that there would be a way for me to actually get those moments reliably every single day. So that was a big problem that I did not see that hiring somebody at that point, what I already felt, oh, I wish I had more of this, would have given me more of this. Just didn't think about it. And kind of leads to my second mistake. My second mistake here was to think that onboarding a new hire would be too much work. Turn out that waiting to onboard a new hire is even more work as it just adds all the tasks you don't get to delegate on top of the onboarding efforts. You have to do everything. I completely misjudged how effective other people can be at learning a new task. And I also underestimated the impact of being well-prepared by having built a sellable business. If you're using standard operating procedures in your business, the effort of onboarding will be rather low as you can just give the new employee access to the relevant processes and documentation and provided that you create a meaningful and exhaustive instructive documentation, your new hire can explore the scope of their job and prepare for what is to come without you needing to intervene. So let's just talk about how and whom to hire because eventually we got to do that. And I got to do that. And I learned a couple of things here too. First off, you always hear that you should hire slowly. And I believe that's true. You don't want to waste resources when you could do it yourself or build automation to take care of it. But once you see that you're stuck doing work you don't enjoy, that others could do for you as well, hire quickly. So hire slowly until you need to hire quickly would be the phrase I would like to use. Choosing what position to hire for will be a very subjective decision. And it really depends on your business because after all, your preferences and your tolerance for doing certain jobs are uniquely yours as the founder. And only you know when enough is enough. And in most SaaS businesses, customer service positions will be the first ones for which you may want to hire. Because while software can scale indefinitely, you cannot. Once your customer base grows, you can automate as much as possible, but there will still be unforeseen problems at random points in time, like we experienced towards the last year or six months of the business. Finding someone to triage these issues and sending only the most important ones through to you will free up significant space on your calendar and even more importantly, in your mind. You just don't have to deal with the mundane things. And it's not that they're unimportant. It's just that they're repetitive, interruptive, and mundane. And if somebody is willing to do this for you for money, well, why not? The next one, marketing and sales positions can also be hired for quite early. For all of these roles, you as a founder must at all points instill the voice and tone of the messaging into your early employees. So that will be your onboarding. Because until now, you've always been yourself, speaking to customers the way you speak. It's essential to keep this style consistent. And you may even need to do some reflection on how you actually communicate, give people some insight. When you hire, when you onboard people, have them watch you respond and have them figure out how you do it if you can't, if you don't have the 
capacity of looking at yourself critically and objectively. So my biggest point here is that you might want to hire someone for the work that annoys you most. And then the trick to actually removing yourself from your business is just repeating this, repeating to hire someone for the work that annoys you the most until you enjoy all the work you do or there's no more work left. So let's talk about how you find the perfect hire because that's always a problem. And there are two places that I recommend checking out before you head over to the regular job portals and recruiting agencies. The first one is expert communities and the second one is your customer base. I've found both to yield excellent results in many startups that I've been part of, not just Feedback Panda. Expert communities work extremely well for finding developers and designers and marketers. As a bootstrap founder, you're at least partially a developer of some sort, partially a designer, and partially a marketer. So during your entrepreneurial journey, during just learning how to do all of this, you're reading and you're tweeting and all these kinds of things, you'll have encountered the communities where those professionals hang out. You likely even have asked a few questions or chatted with other founders. When you're looking into hiring someone, go into the communities that you found most inviting and offer the job there first. You'll pre-filter your applicants that way because you already like them. They're already part of a community you enjoy and have a much higher chance of finding someone who will fit your culture because you picked this community because it vibes with you. So the people in there come pre-filtered for you. And your customer base, that, that one is, we really used it for Feedback Panda. So that's why I'm uh, mentioning this here. Um, your customers can be a hunting ground for potential employees too, particularly for marketing and customer service positions. There are a lot of opportunities when searching for candidates among your customers. No one knows more about the struggles and needs of your customers than your customers themselves. That makes them ideal candidates to take over the jobs that involve talking to prospective or existing patrons of your business. They speak their language, they know their pain, even more than you maybe, and they are destined to build bridges and foster relationships with people that they innately understand. They're perfect for these particular jobs. I had great success with both kinds of communities, both within Feedback Panda and at a previous startup that I was part of. Hiring customer service experts from within your customer base was particularly effective in both cases. If you find a person who is looking for something new and is already aware of your company, all it takes is for them to have a background in the field or just some interest, expertise, doesn't matter. As people change jobs every few years, it's not uncommon to find a marketing expert or an aspiring expert who has become a teacher or a customer service professional who's also interested in local food logistics, right? It really, people change jobs. You don't know what talent slumbers among your customers until you ask. And if you have a customer base of a couple hundred, maybe a couple thousand people, somebody is going to be interested in working for you because they're using your product. And if they are customers that you retain, people that actually like your product so much that they pay for it every single month, you can be pretty sure that they're gonna have a lot of fun switching sides, coming into your business, and then talking to your customers from this perspective of somebody who's been there, somebody who had this job, had to do the job, had to deal with all the stuff that your customers have to deal with, but now they can finally help other people overcome it. This is a big boon. This is a big benefit of hiring from your customer base. They know exactly 
who they're going to be talking to. And they know the impact that they might have because if they ever had an interaction with you through your customer service, then they have been helped by you and they felt good. They reached out with a problem. They got a solution. It was fixed. This is going to be their job if you're going to have a customer service person, for example. So they know exactly what's going to happen and how their future customers, because they're going to join your business, are going to feel. And that's very important. It's very, very important to just keep all of this in mind when you hire. Because if you have these people available right at your fingertips, you have emails for everybody in your customer base, right? Then why not ask? It's a great opportunity. And if you're a very, very freshly founded business, if you're just really small, it'll always be hard to convince people. Let's just be brutally honest here, to join a small business. You'll need to have a good pitch ready and you'll need to convey your vision of the business and the part that your new employee will play. You'll need to make clear how they can grow professionally in their new position. And this may be a hard thing to verbalize, particularly when you're looking for somebody to take over tasks that you find tedious, right? But don't worry, people love all kinds of work. That's why we have accountants in this work, who in this world who really, really actually enjoy their jobs. And after all, that's what you want for your business, right? Everyone should love all the work they're doing. That's why you're hiring and you're giving people who crave certain tasks a chance to do them for you, for your business, and ultimately for their own enjoyment and livelihood. I've written about this topic and many more in my book, Zero to Sold. You can purchase that from Amazon and Gumroad and you'll find out more on zerotosoldbook.com. So thank you for checking it out. If you're interested in the journey of me self-publishing that book, you'll be happy to hear that I sold almost 1,700 books so far within five and a half-ish weeks at this point. I'm still blown away by that number and by the support of the community. I publish the weekly sales figures every Monday and all other updates on the book and the journey on Twitter. It's been a wonderful journey and I'm super grateful for everybody who went on it with me. So thank you very much. I would like to take some time for a couple more anecdotes and maybe a conclusion to this thought of hiring because it was always complicated for me as well. And I have very limited hiring experience and I had very limited hiring experience going into Feedback Panda into building the business. And I made a lot of mistakes before and within and throughout Feedback Panda. And I just want to talk about this a bit. I never really cared to be involved in hiring in prior jobs that I had, like paid salaried positions or um, internships or like student jobs or, you know, any kind of thing, even other bootstrap businesses that I was part of, I never really was involved in hiring. And I think that sucks because I should have wanted to be, or at least I should have been made to be involved in this. Because honestly, I had lots of chances, but I just said, ah, no, you'll take care of it. You're better at this to whatever kind of person, either my boss or a co-founder that was more social or was more capable of talking to people. So I always took the easy way out. And it kind of came back to bite me because the lack of experience there was, that, that was a problem, right? I, I thought um, I could always deal with all kinds of problems and wouldn't need help because I've been living in this echo chamber um, of like those 10x developers or at least those who aspire to be one. And all of these people on Twitter and in the 
development communities in the, in the developer slacks and on GitHub and wherever a developer would be, they all convinced me that a really good developer can deal with anything. They don't need help. They can build everything themselves and solve every single problem. The fact that that's not the case is obvious, right? Everybody who's ever been part of a team knows that a good team and a well-coordinated team can do much better as a group than all the individuals could by themselves. It's just the effort, it's just different. It's just a different kind of work. And I've been part of teams, but I, but the, looking into indie founding and indie hacking and bootstrapping, again, I found solo founders. I've been listening to a podcast called The Solopreneur Hour, for example. Like even the term solopreneur was a thing that I actually aspired to be. And that's also a problem, particularly if you have a co-founder, which I had with Danielle. So in many cases, there was this distorted view that I had on who I needed to be as a technical founder that kind of kept me from exploring hiring, both within Feedback Panda and in the other businesses that I was part of before, the bootstrap ones in particular, where I had hiring power, I could have had it, just never went there. And that was a big problem because what was the result of this for me at Feedback Panda? I started started out with the business. We had everything under control. It was fun. We built the tool. We built the product and we designed it. And we had these conversations about what we should do next and interviewed our customers and got feedback and interacted with them. It was wonderful. And then every single day, more work would come our way. And over the months, it would just pile up and I would get through it and it would be would be fine. And the next month, it would be just a bit more. And then a year later, I would start to develop some level of anxiety and some level of stress because I couldn't cope with it as good as I could um, prior, the prior months. So all of a sudden, there was a problem and I just didn't listen. I didn't listen to Danielle, who was the CEO and said, well, we really need to hire. I said, nah, I can deal with it. And instead of actually listening to her, I just continued to do my work and spend more time on it and spent more of my mental capacity on it and was a big problem. I manifested physical problems, health problems, sleep issues. And that the, the worst part is that I had burnout before. I used to work for a company that was headquartered in San Francisco and it was a, a remote job as well, but it was super stressful. It was a venture-backed, software business. It was really cool. 12-hour days, Saturday two kind of work, right? You're always on. You're always there. And after a year and a half, I just burned out. And I remember that. But this time around, it was a different burnout. It was just, all of a sudden, I couldn't just say, well, I quit, right? I'm out of here. Couldn't, Couldn't do that with a business that I owned. So I had to continue. And I had to deal with it through coping mechanisms. And that resulted in me avoiding work or pushing it ahead and saying, I can deal with this next week. Even even worse, avoiding risk, like entrepreneurial risk, making good entrepreneurial decisions. And I avoided making smart moves in the business, like hiring would have been. It's just the fact that I was so confident that I knew better than the people around me who told me, really, look at this. This is not good for you anymore. You need help. (laughs) <laughs> it was a problem, right? And I, to this day, um, still deal with stress from that. Like, Feedback Panda happened 2017 to 2019. We sold around July of 2019. And 
I had a year until now, right? It's now, yeah, early August 2020. It was a weird year. Let's be clear. Like 2020 was not a normal year, but still I had a year that I could have used to deal with this and relax. But what did I do when we sold the business? I jumped into the Bootstrap Founder, the blog, which was the basis for the podcast you're currently listening to. So immediately went right back to work, started writing every single day. Then I had my newsletter and then I had the podcast and then I had this and then I started consulting and then I started mentoring and I felt okay because this weight was lifted off my shoulders and I didn't have to work on Feedback Panda anymore. Somebody else was doing this, but I could never really recuperate, didn't regenerate. So just a couple of weeks ago, I guess like a month and a half ago, finally my physical health caught up with me. And I've started developing physical symptoms. Like I, I've been slightly allergic to, to pollen, like the spring allergy kind of stuff. But this year was worse. And it manifested not just in allergies, but I had like physical fatigue that came out of nowhere and was just there. And I didn't know where it came from. And then I kind of reflected on this and talked to Danielle. And she said, well, yeah, this is also a stress syndrome. This is you just feeling physically overwhelmed. Finally, you released your book. You did all these things. You're still doing the work every week. You're doing the podcast and you do the newsletter and you write an article and you interact with people on Twitter at all times, every single day. You're still stressed. So I had to pull a break. A couple of weeks ago, I stopped doing my consulting work. I stopped doing my mentoring because I just had so much weight physically on me that I really needed to relax a bit. And it's still hard for me to talk about this because it's admitting that I have an upper limit, that my energy levels and my attention levels are capped somewhere. And I, I want to share this because even after building an amazing business, selling it for an amazing amount of money, being part of an amazing community, writing a book that some people might call amazing, publishing it, being successful, there's still stress. There's still anxiety. And this is something that I personally have to deal with. And I believe that everybody deals with on some level. So in conclusion, I would like to recommend something. I would really want to recommend taking some time wherever you are on your journey right now, or maybe later today, or maybe on the weekend, maybe at some point where you have like an hour, take a walk, take a bath, take a whatever, just be with yourself and introspect consciously. Look inside yourself and ask yourself if the level of work you have right now, the intensity of it is worth it for you if you can deal with it, if you can continue to deal with this for the time being, and if you can pay somebody to lift it off you, if that would work for your business. Your future self will thank you for this, no matter the outcome. If you're fine, well, then you're fine. And if you're not, then it gives you the opportunity to make a plan to change. And I'm, I've been talking about something similar like this, both in a prior episode of this podcast and um, on a podcast with uh, Jane Portman, who I breakfast, um, and we talked about continuous validation. And I feel this is part of that. About um, this is a part of that kind of concept. 
looking into yourself and introspecting. Because continuous validation is taking some time every couple months, maybe half every half year, every six months, and looking inside yourself, into your business, into your audience, check back with your customers and figure out, is this still working? Is this still working the way I want it to work? Am I still working the way I want myself to work? And do I still have joy and a good time when I do my work? Because if you find yourself anxious, if you find yourself stressed or find yourself just annoyed, it's an opportunity for you to make a change. And I guess bringing this back to hiring, there are a lot of people out there that are willing to help you, that are a great addition to your team, that will bring in new ideas, that will bring in better ideas than you might ever have had. Trust me, people are great. And we hired after we sold the business. We hired our replacements for our positions at Feedback Panda. And it was a joy. It was a joy to talk to people on interviews. We did all of this via Zoom because the people who acquired us are also a remote first company, um, SureSwift Capital. They are all over the world because they have lots of different properties. I think their um, CEO, Kevin McArdle, has been on a podcast uh, quite recently um, that where he talked about his wonderful team and they own 34 businesses at this point so they have a gigantic team that operates all of these and we had the opportunity first off to hand over our business to this wonderful team and then to add a couple people to this team that we would hire and train and it was amazing it was incredible like you hire a customer service person we gave her access to all the data all the the standard operating procedures and she just dug in and a day later she already knew what to do. And we hired a developer and he was immediately super interested in everything. He looked into the code, he went through the documentation, which I provided plenty because I knew kind of this needs to be well-documented. And he then just really went through it, understood everything, asked questions where things weren't so clear and then we cleared it up. And a week into... Um, him taking up the position, I didn't have to do anything anymore. It was great. And the conversations were great. Uh, it was professional. It was inspirational. It was good thoughts, good new ideas um, that I myself would have never thought of were in there. Hiring is fun. And I never knew. And it sucks because I should have known this two years ago when it was not fun for me to do the work. But at least now I know. And now you know as well. So please think about how you can improve your own life Remove tedious work that you don't enjoy anymore. Give that to people who do enjoy it and do all of this through hiring. Thank you for listening to the Bootstrap Founder Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Arvid Kahl, A-R-V-I-E-K-H-L. And you can check out the blog at thebootstrapfounder.com. Zero to Sold, my book you can find at zerotosoldbook.com. If you have any questions about this episode, reach out on Twitter or send an email to arvid at thebootstrapfounder.com. If you want to support me in the Bootstrap Founder Podcast, please leave a rating and a review by going to ratethispodcast.com slash founder. It'll help other founders or founders to be to find the podcast and learn more about starting, running, and selling their bootstrap businesses. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. <laughs>